If you want to hear the amazing story of how Jessica, a non-traditional student, received 10 acceptances to medical school, go check out the Pre-Med Years podcast over at medicalschoolhq.net slash 168. That's this week's podcast over at the Pre-Med Years, medicalschoolhq.net slash 168. This is the Old Pre-Meds podcast, session number eight. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical fields on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, or you're now changing careers. You're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your journey to becoming a physician. Now, if you're new to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast, welcome. Old Pre-Meds Podcast is an offshoot of the oldpremeds.org website and form. All of the questions that we answer in this podcast are taken directly from the Old Pre-Meds form at oldpremeds.org. If you don't have an account over there, it's really easy to set one up, oldpremeds.org. Click on Forms. You're taken there. Register for an account and say hello. The community over at Old Pre-Meds is an amazing community of non-traditional students there to help you on your journey to becoming a physician. And we'll take those questions and answer them here so that we can help you on your journey as well. Let's get into today's question and welcome Rich to the show. And again, joined by the unparalleled Rich Levy. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yourself, Dr. Gray? Uh, I am paralleled, uh, opposite of your unparalleled. Is that a word? I don't even know. It sounds a little uneven bars to me, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Get a little Olympic reference in there. I like that. So session eight of the old free meds podcast. It feels like we're just blowing right through these, asking or uh, answering phenomenal questions that students are asking over at oldpremeds.org. If you haven't registered an account over there, go to oldpremeds.org, register for an account, go ask a question. Uh, the community at Old Premeds, you know, Rich, I, I haven't really talked about this before on this podcast, but my other podcast, the Medical School Headquarters podcast, I owe a lot of that success to the Old Premeds community because it was that community that took me in I was, as I was beginning the podcast. And actually, about 50% of my listeners over there are non-traditional students. I don't know if I've told you that before. I'm glad to hear that. You're an excellent source of accurate information. I try. I try. I just ask you uh, on the side. So, Rich, today's um, question is a good one, and it's another one about age. And again, as a non-traditional student, age is always a question about whether or not things are possible. So I'm going to ask a question here. It, it, the title of the form is MD, PhD, possible at age 40. Uh, it says, I am embarking on a pre-med journey at age 40, planning to start my post courses this fall at a four-year college. If I start med school at 43 with a seven-year program, meaning the MD, PhD program, and then a four-year residency, I won't be back working until I'm 54 with a a big exclamation point. Uh, The person's also worried about the financial implications, obviously. 
And then they say, I already have a PhD in a social science discipline and an MPH, so I've already spent a ridiculous amount of time in school. I've been circling medicine for a long time now, working in public health and related fields. Um, Basically, they're saying, is it worth considering going back, doing the MD-PhD at their age and with their education they already have? Well, there are actually a few things here in addition to age. While age, for the most part, does not seem to impact medical admissions, an MD-PhD is a little bit different. It's usually geared towards biomedical research, bench research, wet research, and is perceived to be a more conservative disciplined group of people who are the looking at. In other words, they want to train the next researchers. So while I think there's some talk about the resources in training an MD, I think there is even more so in training the resources for an MD PhD. Um, there, so that may be one hurdle for an applicant to overcome. The second thing is these are really geared towards hardcore research. They're not really geared towards clinical or social research or the social aspects of medicine, but really laboratory, in-depth scientific research. So they're very competitive for that. And applicants who do apply for these have a significant amount of in-depth research. Many of them have some sort of original or near original work, and they're highly sought after spots because they're being supported. That is, they're paid for completely through the medical science training program. They usually have a monthly stipend and therefore many students look at them. So this is difficult programs to be in. All right. But I I do want to add the one caveat. You mentioned that these are, are directed mostly towards bench research, wet research, There are MD-PhD programs, though, that do cover the social sciences and humanities. And if that's something that you're interested in, you can go to the AAMC website and find some information on those social science aspects. But we're talking here about the wet research PhD, MD-PhD, not the social sciences. But they do exist if you're interested in those. Like I said, go to the AAMC website and check those out. And also... Rich, you just mentioned about the MSTP programs. Uh, Not all MD-PhD programs are funded through the MSTP. Um, A lot are, but not all. So that's something else to think about as well. Absolutely. This particular question, the third piece of it is the poster here already has a PhD in a social science discipline and MPH, someone near near to my heart, actually. Uh, they may not find a lot of acceptance of their aspects of what I want to research around medicine as the MD-PhD programs would like. They may be interested in more the social aspects, the clinical aspects, as opposed to the hardcore science aspects. And they may not be that accepted by it. Um, Not to mention, it is a long time in school for someone who's been in school a long time already. Do they really, really want to go through that? Now, the opposite side of this is many people who do medical research only have an MD. Uh, People who do clinical research, who do lab research, 
who do research that's more geared towards the social aspects of medicine, and MD is more than enough a degree to do that with. Now, the question is, is it going to be worth it from a financial standpoint? That's really something only the poster can answer for what they want to do, what they want to get out of it. But it is going to be a difficult road for a non-traditional student without a significant research background to get into an MD-PhD program. All right. So a lot of the answers for this poster are ones that he'll have to or she'll have to answer for themselves. Absolutely. And that really goes on for any student who's thinking about the medicine, whether MD or MD-PhD. While you can have it, you have to ask what else you're going to give up in order to get it. And that's really a very personal choice for themselves, for them, for their partners and their families. I like the, the original kind of distinction, though, that you had mentioned was typically an MD-PhD student or, or kind of required is going to need a lot of research under their belt to begin with. So if this person doesn't have it, then they, they might as well kind of scratch it off their list. I think so. I think it's, it's an interesting path to think about. It's attractive, but it's very difficult and may not be worth the effort to consider. All right, there you have it. No matter what age you are, the opportunity to go to medical school, no matter what you want to do, it's there's always that opportunity. So go check out OPM, old premeds, opmpodcast.com slash eight for the specific blog post that relates to this podcast episode. You can get transcripts there and much more. Again, opmpodcast.com slash eight. And at the beginning of the show, I mentioned the pre-med years podcast. If you haven't heard the pre-med years podcast, you can go to medicalschoolhq.net slash listen, check out the pre-med years podcast. The episode that's releasing the same episode as this is an episode with a non-traditional student, an interview with a non-traditional student who went from an acting career to now having 10 acceptances to medical school. And it might be up to 11, but 10 at last count, which is phenomenal. Again, you can listen to that one, medicalschoolhq.net slash 168. I hope you got a ton of great information out of the discussion today with Rich. I hope you go and join us at the Old Premeds forum over at oldpremeds.org. Ask your questions, and hopefully Rich and I will be able to answer it here on the podcast. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week here at the Old Premeds podcast. <laughs>